Hey everyone, welcome to Getting to Know Strangers. I'm Carl Moran from dataoperator.com. On this podcast, I secretly record my conversations with strangers, usually at bars, or I record my dates with new women with their consent, all to show you how to get to know strangers, make friends, and spark connections with those cuties in non-sleazy ways. To put it simply, this is the antithesis of pickup artistry. I will be analyzing and commentating on how both I and my strangers interact so you, the listener, can recognize conversational pitfalls and establish conversational pathways. With that said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome. This is a conversation that I recorded between me and three strangers, three men, and it does revolve around how I would normally coach men, and two of the guys that I speak to in this they do have some self-deprecating ideas about themselves, so this is helpful. This is essentially what I work with a lot of. So uh, we're going to be starting off the conversation after I've already revealed that I've been recording them. They just wanted the first part of the conversation taken out because the guy that I end up speaking to most has some people in his life that he believes would use his words against him, so he just wanted that first part taken out and his name. So names will be redacted. You'll just hear a beep whenever a name comes up. And we start off the conversation talking about how I would help someone who isn't attractive because they believe I'm attractive. So cut everything before this. All right. <laughs> sure, that sounds We'll give you, we'll give you one of these in the waveform. There you go, then you'll find it. If you wanted really, based on what I said earlier, if you really wanted to test your dating acumen, I think you should go bald and wear glasses. Not like all the way bald, but like like this. Like, like, like Briar that. patch? He's got a point. You look too good. Exactly. You're saying I look too good. Yeah, I, I get that argument. Yeah. The thing is... Look at this. What am I supposed to do with this? What's this? No, but he's going to, obviously he's going to give you something. Yeah, no, but that's my yeah. point. Exactly. You see what I mean? So these two guys are arguing the point that I'm too attractive to be a good representation of what a normal guy would go through while dating or trying to talk to women, and that if I wasn't as attractive as I am, then my dating prowess would suffer. And they're absolutely correct, but you can't separate those two. Your physical attractiveness is absolutely ingrained in how well you're going to do in dating. If you're not attractive, you're not going to get your foot in the door. And that's exactly what I address in dating coaching. We we make ourselves more attractive. We put in the work, if it's exercise, diet, our hair care, our skin care, the dental work, the orthodontistry, these are all things that we need to incorporate in our lifestyle to make ourselves more attractive. And by doing that, you will have much more prospects. For this guy is a brilliant and you should buy Everything he sells. He's literally tall, dark, and handsome. No, but seriously, one of our favorite shows is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. And Larry David is unattractive. And all these people are telling him, go out and date. You're a millionaire. And he's like, yeah, you're saying that, but I live in this. <laughs> and I-, I don't think this is a good comparison using Larry David because he is a famous millionaire comedian. But even he has the capacity to make himself more attractive. He's also in his 70s, so I'm not exactly sure when he said that. But even within the 20 years of that show going, he has the capability to become a more attractive person if that was his drive. 
but I think when you do have money, you 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 start to lose the the will to improve yourself in other areas. So it can be its own curse. I had crooked teeth my whole life. Ask me how many girlfriends I've had, or oh. guess. At least four. One. One. Okay. Because people, you know, you're dark, you're light, I'm dark, they don't like me because I'm dark. This is Sacramento, this isn't Chicago, or West Philly. And then I had really crooked teeth, so... I'm curious how someone would date coach someone who looks mm. like that. So he names two traits of his here that he believes has affected his dating life negatively. One thing he cannot change, his skin color. This is not something I'd want him to change, but he is correct. Statistically speaking, black men who are perceived as lighter get more dating prospects. They get more job acceptances, and men with darker skin tones get overlooked, and they are perceived more as threats. So this is a true statistic that we can't change. He just has to put himself out there and attract the people who aren't affected by colorism and or actually are attracted to darker skin tones the other thing that he mentions is his crooked teeth but this is something that absolutely can change and i would recommend it because it is universal throughout western society to like straight white teeth and it's extremely accessible nowadays it takes probably less than a year now it's it's quick you can do a visalign too so you don't have to go through the braces and avoiding certain foods there's ways to do it perfectly accessible to get your your teeth in order first off it's like is that your biggest insecurity is is the teeth it was for the majority of my life and now i don't think i have i think my insecurity is um, when it comes to attracting someone like what is what is what are you what are you insecure about Sometimes my gut, but most of the time I don't have any insecurities. When you say guts, do you mean like how you feel about certain things? I or, lost 60 or, pounds or you're talking about, okay. Over the last like four months, and then recently I gained some of the back. So, like, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I'm up on top. Uh -huh. But as far as insecurities, I don't think I have. I guess they would have to answer that because I could be a false reporter. Around okay, around physicality, it's the, the stomach, which I feel like a lot of women would say like they don't mind. But if you're insecure about it, work on it. You're, you know, it's one of those things that I would just say you have to start taking steps towards if that's really one of the barriers that are keeping you from talking talking to women. What about if you're what if you're depressed, and what if you haven't had sex in a long time, and the part of your brain that we're talking neurologically uh, gives you the fulfillment to get out of bed, pursue some form of self-actualization. Are you following me? Self-actualization? Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Right. What if the thing that gets you, the start, that starts up the engine is lacking here and here, and the only way you get those firings is to eat really bad food? Then how do you get the stomach down? So you're saying coming, overcoming some of these, what makes you feel good? It might be, it the might. Functional, yeah, the, the pragmatic 
instrumental or functional use of eating bad. Usually when people say don't eat bad, they're saying be disciplined, make better choices. What I'm saying is uh, if you're on E yeah. and the typical resources to satisfy the bottom, you know, the first three uh, levels of the pyramid are, are met, you need something more. Sometimes that comes in the form of food. People stress eat, people depression eat. Sure. And it's not just, I'm lazy, I'm, I want to eat bad food, it's, yeah. I had a sex life, I had a, communi I had a community, I had a job, I had these things that were giving me meaning and fulfillment, <clears throat> those are gone, mm -hmm. how do I substitute that piece, you know? I don't know if there's a substitute, you've got to find something else that's fulfilling. You're saying it's food right now, but I guess I would we would dive into what else would make you feel good. Okay, I'm open. What are some of the <laughs> options? Uh, I biggest encouragement is to to start doing partner dance. Partner dance? Yeah. Hmm. There's always communities around partner dance, uh, and it's you know not only does it you'll see yourself get better at something that I feel like most people are insecure about, which is like moving around, sure. you know. So, but you also just have plenty of chances to just meet women in like very safe ways and it's just like they're trusting you you're trusting them there's a little physicality so you do get to meet women that way if you want to keep connected and this again it's another community at large you can talk to the other guys you know it's just it's a good way to bond it's not like that bro coach the bro culture to sure, get sure. like gyms yes, 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 so, yes. but it's another way to stay active like it's, it's just like a triple combo of like social community so what about during the pandemic? What would you say? Because what if there's a what if there's a circumstance where partner dancing is not an option? I know it's sad. That's why I lost my I lost my community there for a while. Um, what if it's not an option? We just keep searching. I, I we'll go into it. What do you like? What are you into? There's usually communities around these things. No, but what I'm saying is, if there's a pandemic and you cannot <clears throat> congregate, what do you do? What do you do? You have to wait it out like everyone else. Oh, and, and therein lies my point, is that's when you eat the food, the shitty food. Right, okay. You can use the candies or whatever. Yeah, get through it. Yeah. Get, through, get through it first. That's real, cheers. Yeah, no, I... No, that's real. Okay. I'm glad you, you acquiesced to some degree. Yeah, no, you gotta get, you gotta do what you can to get through things, for what are, sure. What are your insecurities? Uh, physical insecurities, definitely balding. Uh, less hair than I used to. Um, I don't exercise as much as I used to. So I, I, I was an athlete for a very long time. And now it's just like, I don't have that drive to, to keep up the, for sure. that, that college D1 physique anymore. I'm just like, I don't know. So it's, it's funny, it's like living with that for so many years and then just like watching it sort of age out and he's like all right just something we gotta get used to are you scared of death huh. not, not not really i don't i i contemplate on it every once in a while I feel like it's something in meditation for some reason it just like keeps popping up it's just like i'll think about it I'm just like no it's not scary i sort of like i think i can hold some like nihilistic views with more uh, some views with just acceptance as well mm. and use them in, in certain occasions. Well, let me drop this on you. Cause I, I'm a, oh, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> okay, great. When a movie starts, how long 
when a movie starts, how long before the main character is introduced, typically? Two-hour movie. How long before the main character is introduced? Uh, 60 seconds. Okay. How important would the main character be in your mind if they're not introduced until halfway into the movie? <clears throat> I don't know what the, I don't I don't really understand the question. If you're watching a movie, right? And are you saying they're less significant? Do I think they're less significant if they're introduced later in the movie? Would Would one have legitimate reason to deduce that if the main character isn't introduced until halfway into the movie? I mean, just screen time alone. Would Would I guess my question would be. And I'm I'm assuming this, so I'm, this is what I'm clarifying. Are other <clears throat> characters taking up the full screen time before that? Is there another character? Yeah, that, there's a lot that of caveats been, to this. I no feel like. So we're it's just it's bouncing around, or it's just scenery. We're watching the movie. It's just scenery. <laughs> Got you. Okay. And then halfway into no, the movie, I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think it's a legitimate thing. You think I can be a main character? I think so. Okay. Thank you. I do this. Okay. So I'm a I'm a counselor of my own. Kind. Okay, so let's say we're watching the movie and it's not until the last five minutes that a person is introduced. Fuck. Is that is that person the main thing of the film? I don't think so. If we're just seeing scenery so. and a person appears in the last five so. minutes, the movie is about what? Scenery. Not the person, right? Right. Okay. But the, the, you, it's, you, you can't separate it though. It's like, it, of course, they're important to it. Sure. Are they the main, you're saying, are they still the main point of the story? Suspended judgment, okay? <laughs> no, snap my fingers. Boom, the, the earth, the world is created. Okay. How long before people appear? Billions of years. How, pr proportion, okay? This is the whole, this is the whole entire in instantaneous, instantaneously with consciousness. Like, like how far into it? Like way, not not halfway, not 85. Last five minutes. Last five minutes, right? Okay, that's what we're talking about. Big. Okay, you're talking about the biggest picture. Gotcha. Biggest okay. picture. Okay. Reality. Okay. That's the context in which we're dating. That's the context in which we're dating. No, you gotta explain it for me. When you're, when I decide to get into a relationship with someone, that's within the context of the universe, right? Uh huh. Or is it just within the context of Sacramento and work? Sacramento, labor, hormones, taxes. Is that is that it? Or when when you there? He's he has a wife. They are married within the context of the United States. Or the, you know, Earth, or you're not following me. I would say it's just between them. I guess that. Yeah, but if they're together, they are together in life and death, sickness and health, fear and tragedy and triumph, all of that and everything in between, right? Yes. Okay. So my point is, I asked you if you were afraid of death. You said not really. What I'm trying to get to is how you, as a dating coach, deal with one of the things that I think drives people apart, which is a denial of our insignificance. In the context of dating, I'd say he's making a pretty sad point, and I think he's incorrect. 
if anything, finding love has got to be the most significant things that we can do. Because if we're not here, if, if life is insignificant, then what's the point of the universe in general? It's just particles and physics just smashing around into each other, but no one's there to even note it. So life, love, what is more significant? You know, a sun out in the middle of the universe that lasts for a billion years that nothing was able was ever even able to see that's not more significant than my love life and that's what dating's for we find people who bring fulfillment and significance to our life and they are the chroniclers of the events that happen in our lives so it makes us feel significant in a vastly empty space. I think a lot of people deal with their insignificance in different ways which cause conflict because the lack of perspective makes draws us to make mountains out of molehills. Because there's the drive of what? Not satisfaction? Or no, no satisfaction? No, the, the drive is to uh, forget and willfully forget our insignificance. I had to keep asking for clarification because I wasn't sure where he was starting his views at, but it is clear through his story that he is taking the biggest picture possible. And if you do take the biggest picture possible, the history of the universe or just the history of Earth, yeah, humankind is a fraction of Earth's history and then our lives specifically are even smaller so a fraction of that fraction so yeah in that in that viewpoint we are insignificant it's a very nihilistic way of looking at the world and while i do think nihilism can be helpful to get us past some pretty negative events it's something that you just hold on to very briefly it's not something you hold on to constantly because it's poisonous to us it makes us believe that we're insignificant and if you if you're constantly believing that then that's gonna lead to a lot of lack of motivation and depression and you're not gonna get a whole lot of satisfaction out of life so I'm typically on the other side and I think we need to narrow in our viewpoint to not ourselves because that's too narrow that's self-centered and narcissistic but our close loved ones, how we can affect our chosen family, our communities, maybe modern society. These are all things that we absolutely can, can have a, an effect over and see our significance. So we are clashing here. There's a pessimistic, nihilistic views and an optimist and opportunistic views. It's been a good conversation so far. I would never want to be in a relationship with someone who can't admit, honestly admit that they're afraid of death. Because if they can't admit that very basic thing, what else can they not admit when I want to go into the innermost inner regions of their heart and take them into mine together?
Mm. You know, it's, I think I think when you said death, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. I think when you said death, I think it was like the act of dying oh, versus like non-existence. Oblivion or yeah. what comes after that. You know? like, like this. Like, like that. You are that in the scope of all that there is. Yeah. Like, like, okay, tomorrow will come by, the spit will be gone. No one will know I ever did that. Yep. And for the rest of life, like, the ant right there, the distance between that ant and you is immense. The distance between you and the universe is immense times... Infinity. Infinity is a beautiful word, brother. <laughs> Ultimately, whether or not we're trying to deny our insignificance or we're trying to make our lives significant, we're going to be doing the same things. And I can only hope that we're all trying to better the lives around us and impact those closest to us in healthy, positive ways, so as to which to propagate more healthy, positive actions out into the world and ultimately the universe. So I think about the the butterfly effect and how if you were to crush a butterfly thousands of years in the past that the future would look significantly different and that can absolutely be said for what we do now right we could be doing small positive actions that will propagate into something much larger either until human extinction or a galactic civilization so who knows but if anything is again significant love has got to be one of them do you think based on our conversation do you think you can hook me up with someone uh, I'm not a matchmaker but uh, I think you I think people would like oh so you're saying that you help people who are already dating I help men who so I, I help men in three different in, well I guess you could say four different areas I'm taking you seriously by the way thank you okay appreciate it I I develop I develop their interpersonal skills so chatting with women, finding things that are interesting to talk about. You got to be interesting to be to have things that are interesting to talk about. Uh, we dive into lifestyle, so healthy choices, things that again make you interesting, that you like to do. So it's not being ingenuous to yourself. If there's something you've wanted to do, it's like okay, let's let's go fucking do that so you can later talk about it. And then the last one is empathy for women, because I feel like a lot of dating coaches go for sort of how women think like we want to know how they think so we know what to say instead of like why do they think that way and actually saying something that isn't just rooted in your own expectations of women and then the fourth thing that i coach for is dating etiquette so putting all those things together and making you as presentable as possible while helping you navigate online dating and dating in person can I ask you, are you bi? I am pansexual. What's that? I, I don't use gender as a factor of if I'm attracted to someone, sure. so it's if I think they're cute, they're, they're cute. Do you want to know why I asked you that question or you don't care? Go for it. No, I'm asking. Do you want to know why I asked you that question or you don't care? Sure, I want to know. You said empathy. Just the fact that you said empathy for women. I'm a... Oh, I'm not going to tell you what I am. Don't tell me. Um... 
like when you say that, swing like antenna, like because I am there, despite the fact that people think I'm literally the devil. Like these guys were, but a lot of people, is the devil. He's he's mean. He's arrogant. He's insensitive. Blah 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 blah. blah. And it's ultimately because I told them the truth and they didn't like it. At first, I was cool, and then at some point, I was. Everyone likes when I'm telling the truth like this. I'm like, pa 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 pa, because they're right here, right? Pa 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 pa. But then when I go, pa pa, they're like, wait, you're not supposed to do that to me. I'm like, incredibly honest. Equal opportunity, right? When you said empathy, hold on. To think empathetically about women's, I forgot how you said it, but it's basically, let's put ourselves Why in their shoes rather than try to fucking crack yeah, yeah, the yeah, lock, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is also very phallic, right? Yeah, yes. Um, I was just like, whoa, he's either, and the reason why I get, I often get, people often think I'm gay. Uh -huh. I don't know, but gay by whatever. Yeah. It's the intellectual black man thing. Exactly. It's it's not being it's um, multidimensionality. That's what it is. But I am I'm just impressed by you. Hey, I, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna sell that too much. But the, the word empathy is so huge to me because everyone's trying to solve the world's problems. You got psychologists over here going like, hmm, tell me more. And then you have fucking life coaches who are just yes men they're just hype men and then but what I really and then everyone at their job has to watch these fucking uh, sensitivity training videos right and what they're all missing out on is none of those build empathy none of them do no none of them do you mean watching a fucking module on like not using <coughs> sexual harassment language? That's not gonna make someone go, right. oh, I get it. Right. You know, but if you watch a film, read a book, the arts, that's what the arts, the arts do. They build your empathetic capacity. And that's my big thing, you know? That's why I asked you about death, because the human condition, that's what unites all of us. If I say, what do you think about basketball? You might be like, I don't give a shit about basketball. But no one's gonna say, I never thought about death. It, or the line. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, I gotta go back and DJ, but, um, cool. Let's <laughs> nice talk to you. Here's my card. If you, if you guys wanted to contact me, I, I won't. You don't if have it to. makes you feel better, me taking it, I will. I let people, like, just in case they're like, you know what, I really don't want that. You're, you're like, I really don't want my voice on there. Like, you're, you're welcome to contact me. Like, hey, Carl, we met this. Oh, this. I don't. I'm telling you, I don't. Okay, great. Well, you're welcome to give it to someone who wants to. He's a dating coach. Okay. Thank you. Carl. Yeah. That's all Yeah, definitely. I think there at the end he was trying to make an inference that queer men are more prone, they're closer to women, so it's easier to be more empathetic. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you have to delve into the arts or really get to know people, really get to know women on a level that isn't just sexual or romantic there's more caveats to women other than just being a a romance and sexual object all right everyone that is the end of the conversation i really enjoyed it i hope to see this guy again i know where he dj is so hopefully i can 
chat with him again, I imagine he'd be open to the debate. And now that I've re-listened and thought this out, I can hit him with some contemplative optimism. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll even get him as a, a client. We'll see. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions about me or getting to know strangers or have some dating-specific questions, you're welcome to email me at podcast at dateoperator.com. If I like your question, I'll answer it on here, and you'll also win a free discovery call with me. Now, if you're someone that wants coaching, someone that's struggling in dating, your sex life, or making friendships, you can book a discovery call with me, and we can make a plan to improve any or all of these areas in your life. Now, if you want some more video dating-specific content, you can follow me on any of my social media handles. It's Date Operator, one word. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And if you're someone that likes to read, you can go to dateoperator.com blog. I have three blogs there. There's the Interesting Man blog, which focuses on improving our lifestyle and creating healthy habits to become more attractive partners. Then there's the Fluent Man blog, which focuses on improving our interpersonal skills, much like this podcast. And then there's the Empathetic Man blog, which is the most important for sustaining long-term relationships. Um, if you also want to check this podcast out on YouTube, you can find it on Getting to Know Strangers. If you like it, please subscribe. And if you liked this podcast, please give it five stars and tell your friends. Have a good day.